0: to ask you, what are you devoted to? What are you devoted to? Now, probably you would say family, right? Probably the closest relationships to you, hopefully. You might say your job or school, primarily because you just spent a lot of time there. So you're kind of devoted to that. You might say a particular hobby. I've met some people who are pretty devoted to their hobby. It brings life. It really is something you enjoy. How about prayer? Amen. Would you say you're devoted to prayer? I thought about that this week myself. Am I devoted to prayer? And this morning I'm going to preach on prayer and it centers around this word devotion. All right, devotion. Go ahead and take your Bibles. Romans chapter 12. If you find the book of Romans, which is what we're working through, and so the sixth book of the New Testament, once you go through the Gospels and Acts, and then you get to Romans. Romans, find chapter 12, and we're going to be in chapter 12, verse 12. Now, this week I was pondering devotion, and I thought about how often we check these things. How often we check our phones. Now, you probably wouldn't say, I'm devoted to my phone. But the time we spend on it might say something different. You ever downloaded one of those apps that tell you how much time you spent on your phone? Or have any of your parents downloaded an app on your phone that told how much time you spent on it? (laughs) Or what apps you spent on? I just downloaded one this week. I don't usually have this app on my phone, but I put it on And I'm opening it right now, and I'm being vulnerable with you, okay? And I promise, I didn't do specific things this week just to skew the example, okay? So I'm going to look at the last seven days. It's going to tell me my screen time and uh, what I did. Do you want to know? Sure you do. (laughs) Apparently, I was on Google Maps for four hours and 56 minutes. So I was traveling. I, I, I don't even know. Like, no big trip. Just, I guess, going here and there and everywhere. Remember, I'm from Pennsylvania, so I still need to use Google Maps a lot, okay? I was talking on my phone for an one hour and 48 minutes, almost two hours. That tells you my age, right? If I was younger, I wouldn't have talked for two hours on my phone, but I did this week. And I spent an hour and 42 minutes texting people. That's insane, right? My text, an hour and 42 minutes. My Gmail is 52 minutes. Facebook is 46. Sling TV, It's probably soccer exclusively. 45 minutes. Okay, here's one that my wife's not in the service. That's probably good. Trivia crack, 40 minutes. She's always telling me I need to stop doing trivia crack. It's, you know, it's called trivia crack for a reason. But my kids and I play. We, We compete against each other. I used to be able to beat them so easily, and now they're getting better, and I'm like really working hard to beat them. And I could list some others, but you don't really care. The point is, when you take a look at what you actually spend your time doing, it says something about our devotion. You can say, I'm devoted to this. I'm devoted to my family. Okay. How much time are we actually spending with them? I'm devoted to the church. Okay. How much time do we actually spend serving? I'm devoted to prayer. How much time do I actually spend praying? And that is convicting, I think. And it's not exclusively a time thing. We'll talk about that this morning. But... I want us to see this morning in Romans 12, 12, this idea of devotion. Now, Romans 12, 12, we're skipping a couple verses, right? So if you're like, wait, what happened to verse 3 through 11? We're going to get there, okay, in, in a couple of weeks. And we're going to be back in Romans 12, 1 and 2 next week where we look at the will of God. So I know a lot of you want to talk about the will of God. Come back next week. But we're skipping ahead to verse 12. Why? Because it talks about prayer. We want to focus on prayer here as we kick off the week of prayer and as you read this verse, as we read it together in a little bit, we're going to read a couple verses. It's in the middle of a series of short instructions that Paul is firing off to the church here in Rome. And he's giving him instructions on how to live. What does it look like to be a living sacrifice? Romans 12, 1 and 2. What does that actually look like? Here we go in Romans 12, verse 9 through 12. And this is what God's word says. Follow along as I read. Romans 12:9: "Let love be genuine, ab- ab- uh, excuse me, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Notice this phrase: Be constant in prayer this morning, I want you to see that prayer is for all of us. Prayer is for all of us. Now, I get that from the context. If you have your Bible open, look at the context with me. Glance at it. Verses three through eight, as you look at your scriptures here, what verses three through eight is all about, and we'll look at this in a couple weeks, is how the body of Christ works together. It says each member has a unique role, some specific gifting, right? But when you come together, together you collectively form the body. Everyone's got their unique gift. Everyone has their their unique thing for the overall good of Christ's kingdom. And then we get to verse 9, and Paul begins to fire off these short little commands. And what he's telling us is whatever your calling might be uniquely in the body of Christ, this is the calling of every single believer, these things. Every Christian should be doing this. These are the basics of what it means to be a Christ follower. This is the way that Christians live, the way of the kingdom. In fact, if you read this text, it has little, little little echoes of the Sermon on the Mount, you might notice. In other words, this is what it means to follow Jesus. You want to follow Jesus, you do these things. And here we have prayer in the midst of that, verse 12. Be constant in prayer. Prayer is one of the trademarks of the early church. If you were to go back, and we'll read one verse here from Acts 2.42, here's what the early church did. You say, well, what was the early church like? Here we go. Acts 2.42, and they devoted themselves, devoted, that's the same word as be constant in Romans 12.12, 12, okay? Devotion. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, in the church today, we utilize a lot of tools and things for ministry. Like, I prepared this sermon with Logos Bible Software. Love it, okay? Loved when technology and the Bible come together. We program the lights for this service in just a way to try to help produce an environment that is very worshipful, right? We have welcome gifts and bags out there for those that are new. I'll explain that at the, at the end of the service, all of those things are fantastic. Those are good things that we use in the church. And I could, host, I could list a host of them, 100 more. But what I learned from looking at the early church is if we're going to do anything, we must pray. Whatever else we must do, we got to pray. Whether we give you Albanese gummy bears if you're new or not. Okay, whether we have the lights just a certain way or not. Whatever we do, we must pray. Why? It's a trademark of the early church. There's very few things. Devotion to the apostles' teaching, devotion to fellowship, devotion to the breaking of bread, and devotion to prayers. Some of you are thinking, why don't we devote more to the break of bread? Let's do that. But these are fundamental to what it means to be the body of Christ, right? To be with each other, to fellowship. Yes, to be in each other's homes. To pray. Prayer is a trademark of what it means to be a Christian. That's why I love this morning. We've spent some time just praying together as God's people collectively. One of the things I found about prayer as I disciple people is oftentimes prayer makes people nervous. You know, I'll be discipling somebody and we get to a point where I say, hey, you know, would you pray for us? And they're like, yeah, no, not really my thing. <laughs> it makes us nervous. It, it's, um, it's a scary thing sometimes. I want you to see that prayer is something for all of us. Not just for the spiritual giants. Not just for the leadership of the church. Prayer is for every Christian I mean, Paul is writing here, he's writing with plural verbs in this whole section. You, you could read this you and plural you. You do this. You know, so you look at the text here. Abhor what is evil. That's a command to every single one of us. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another. All the way down to verse 12. Be constant in prayer. Every single person who read this letter and every single person who hears it today and reads it today, Paul is saying if you're a believer in Christ, be constant in prayer. Believer, you are called to pray. You are called to pray. When you boil it down, prayer is simply talking to your heavenly father. It is a family discussion, family communication. We are all sons and daughters of God, Romans 8. If we're in Christ, he's made us sons and daughters of God, and now we're talking with our father. Now, I don't talk to my parents on the phone near as much as I should, but whenever I do, especially my mom, is very happy to hear from me, right? Very happy to hear my voice. Your heavenly father loves to hear your voice. And he's commanding us to be constant in prayer. Talk to your heavenly father, he loves to hear you. Here are a couple tips, because throughout the sermon I wanna give you a few little ideas, okay? Things that I found that are helpful for me, or things that I wish I did more. Number one, rote prayers are fine. Okay, we just read from the Valley of Vision. Those are powerful prayers. As Jason read that, that Valley of Vision prayer, I love those. They're, they're very um, inspiring. But just as important as that is your broken, jumbled prayer to God. I don't, I don't care if you're a, a novice in prayer. God loves your prayer. You don't have to pray like a Puritan. I'd probably go out and let limb and say, no one here prays like a Puritan, <laughs> myself included, God wants to hear your prayer. Wrote prayers are fine. If you want to use them, have at it. I've read those prayers in my family before, okay? But God wants to hear from your heart. Two, start somewhere. You might be 45 years old and you are very uncomfortable praying. Start somewhere, just in your private time, just you and God, just talk to him about whatever. He already knows everything in your heart. He already knows everything in your mind. Just talk to him, just start somewhere. There's no wrong way to do it. There are helpful templates in the scripture, you know, like the Lord's Prayer, and like many prayers that we can read and go, wow, that is a good way to pray, and just maybe model your prayer after some of the prayers in the Bible. You can use the Acts model that we're using today, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. There's all kinds of ways, but start somewhere. Third, parents, encourage your children to pray, even at a young age. Okay, start them young. Take turns praying for dinner. Ask them. Yes, ask your three-year-old, your two-year-old if they want to pray for dinner. I promise it will be exciting. You won't know what to expect, okay? When your child tells you about something difficult happening in school and you're tucking them in bed, you know what? Say to them, why don't you pray for that and then I'll pray for it. Like, take the opportunity right there. Teach them when they're young. Pray regularly in front of your kids and they will instinctively learn how to pray. So parents that would be my advice for you. Prayer is for all of us. That's first this morning. But not only is prayer for all of us, its prayer is for all times. All times we're to pray. I mean, I want you to consider this phrase here, be constant in prayer. What does it mean to be constant? This week, we as a church are praying 24-7 throughout the week, which is, I think, a very literal, you know, application of this. Be constant in prayer. But we understand that we can't pray constantly in unceasing communication to God 24 hours a day. Right now, I'm preaching. I'm not praying. Can't do those both at the same time. You can't sleep and pray. Maybe you, maybe you can kind of come in and out, right? But you can't do everything at once, and so we're not talking as much about the unceasing second after second after second after second constant prayer what we're referring to as we really study this word is it's about our unceasing commitment to prayer our fervency in prayer our dedication to prayer our loyalty to prayer this is what the word actually means and when you look at other other places it's often this idea of being devoted to prayer, devotion, that's the word. Again and again, this word is used about prayer in the Bible, and it basically means this, to occupy oneself diligently with something, constancy. Each version of the Bible seems to translate Romans 12, 12 differently, which I find interesting. It's like, it's like the, uh, the committee was like, I don't like those. Let's find a different word. Every version has a different word, okay? So the NIV in Romans 12, 12 says, be faithful in prayer. If you have an NIV, you can see that. The uh, CSB says, be persistent in prayer. The NASB says, be devoted to prayer. And of course, the ESV here says, be constant in prayer. But understand, this is not as much second by second as it is faithfulness, loyalty, persistence, devotion, James Denny says that this word, be constant or be faithful, is a very strong word. He says the strong word suggests not only the constancy with which they are to pray, but the effort that is needed to maintain a habit so much above nature. The fact that we are commanded to be persistent in prayer and devoted to prayer tells me something. It tells me prayer's not going to happen naturally. Well, not constant prayer. You'll you'll pray naturally when you're ready, like near-death experience. That'll happen, like almost instinctively. But I'm talking about this kind of consistent, devoted prayer. Doesn't happen naturally. It takes commitment, intentional planning, reordering your schedule and your calendar in order to pray in a constant, devoted way. Here are a couple ways to develop constant prayer. Let me give you some suggestions. These are things that maybe I've found over the years. One is engage in short communications with God that happen throughout the day all different times. I mean, it's great to block off a chunk of time. I think you need to uh, sometimes to really lay your heart out to the Lord, but I'm talking about little short prayers. Any time of the day, there's there's no limitation. Pray throughout the day. Short little communications, like you're talking to God like he's right there. Because he is. So what does that look like? Okay, you're about ready to have a conversation. And you know this is going to be a difficult conversation. And so I do this all the time. I'm not going to say if it was any of you, okay? But you know, right before you're going to talk to somebody, you say, God, I need wisdom. I really, I, I, don't, I don't have the answers. I know your word has the answers. Show me how to apply the word. Just, to, I mean, this has happened to me. Somebody's talking to me, and, and, and as they're asking me a question, I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> and I pray a quick prayer, God, give me wisdom. Like that kind of short communication throughout the day. Little things, because it's this constant communication. Or how about this? A conversation that didn't go so well. You yelled at your kids, or you just didn't handle the situation correctly, and right away, you just confess that to the Lord. God, I'm so sorry that I... Acted in my flesh, and my pride, and just right away, that, that constant communication. Little things like, God, thank you for the warm sunshine. There was another, there was a day, I don't know, last week or the week before, it was weirdly warm outside. And I walked out of the church, so I've been here since early morning, and I walked out on a Sunday, and it was so sunny and warm. I was walking to my house, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> Thank you, God, for sun. Because in the wintertime, you really miss it, don't you? You really want it. Things like that, little things. Just thank you, God, for this. Thank you for that. Have you ever done this? Safety uh, on a close call on the road. Like, it could have gone very different, and you just pray, God, thank you that that didn't go differently. I saw my life flash before my eyes. Those kind of quick communications all throughout the day. So sometimes it's, God, I need this. I'm in trouble. Sometimes it's like, thank you, God, for that. Constant communication. So engage in short communications. Here's one. When someone asks you to pray for something, don't wait. Ask them, like, could we pray right now about that? A lot of you ask me to pray for something, and sometimes I'll write that down, and sometimes I might say to you, let's pray for that right now. Because what if I don't remember? If I promise you I'm going to pray for you and I don't, that's, I feel like that's negligent, right? And, and you, you might do that all the time, right? We, we say, I'll, I'll pray for that. I'm praying for that. Maybe just pray on the phone right there. Take a moment. It doesn't have to be long. Pray without ceasing. This constant prayer. And I'll say, well, in my prayer time, I'll remember it. You might not. Just pray right there. Here's one. Set a reminder on your phone to pray for something time-sensitive. Do this all the time, right? Somebody's going into surgery. Somebody has an appointment they want you to pray for coming up. Your child has a test at a certain time. And I'll ask them, like, when is that? And they'll be like, I don't know, around 1 or something. You know, set a little reminder. Just talk to your, tell your phone to do it. Or it'll do it, okay? And then remi- your reminder goes off and you pray. This is the idea of just this constant fervency in prayer. Here's an idea I'm going to give you. I'm going to ask you not to do it now because for some of us it would take a long time, okay? You would take your phone, okay? And because some of you, some of us, are on our phones a lot, if you changed your wallpaper to Romans twelve twelve, and it said be constant in prayer, and every time you looked at it, you went, oh, yeah, <laughs> Um, trivia crack? Or maybe I should pray for a second, right? And uh, you could do this pretty easily. Again, i not do it now, but you can Google Romans 12, 12, and guess what you'll find? Tons of images of the, the verse written out with some pretty background. Save it. If you need help, ask your kid or your grandkid or whatever, okay? And, and make it your wallpaper. And you know what that'll do? You're on your phone a lot, and it'll remind you when you open it up to pray. Teach your family that every time is a good time for prayer. So your car breaks down, you pray. Your car doesn't break down and you make it on your long journey without any issues. You pray and thank God for that. It's just this, no matter what happens, how about you pray for safety in traveling or you pray for the car to make it and it doesn't. Now what do you do? Well, I guess that prayer didn't work. Well, God wants you now to maybe get together and pray and say, God, your kids learn a lot A lot by that. Like, you know what? Sometimes my prayers aren't answered how I wanted them to be, but now God has some different grace for me, some different thing he wants me to experience. Here's one, and you know who you are. If you have trouble sleeping, pray, right? If you have trouble sleeping, for whatever reason this season of life, pray. Here's another one. As temptation begins, pray. But not just as temptation begins, Because I think a lot of times we just don't think about it. Like the temptation's coming. The last thing on our mind is prayer. Pray the moment you start to be tempted. Okay, now let's say that you're tempted and you're starting to entertain the temptation. Still, pray. Okay, how about if you started to give in to the temptation? Pray. And one of the things that God has taught me is there's never a time where I shouldn't be calling out in prayer. Because what Satan wants you to think is, oh, yeah, it's too late, you know. I'm already like you know I'm already I'm already sending I'm already I'm already in the middle of yelling at my kids and so it's just it's it's on you know <laughs> you stop and you just you just pray with your kids or what you know the, whatever the temptation might be don't think I'm it's too late I've already failed God doesn't want to hear from me no stop where you are and pray it's all a good time for prayer so it's true that we can't pray constantly in a literal chronological sense but. The emphasis is on this devotion to prayer, no matter what the situation, no matter when. It's persistence. But I think it's obvious that if we're going to be devoted to prayer, we have to spend some amount of time on it, right? I'm not going to give us an out and just say it's not about how much time you spend. It's the power and the fervency. No, it has something to do with how much time we spend. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6, 18 says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And Luke 18 says, and he told them a parable, this is Jesus, to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. This is more than just a 10 second prayer for food or a now I lay me down to sleep. This is some amount of time spent on prayer. And there is a sense in which prayer is to be constant through every season of life. Right, Whatever the scenario. So let me just wrap us up by, by looking at three seasons of life. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay, Good times. When are you most fervent in prayer? Probably when your back's up against the wall, right? And you're in a, a, a difficult time. What about in the good times? Are we praying in the good times? Prayerfulness in the good times admits that you are dependent on God and that this, what has happened, isn't because you're awesome. Prayerlessness in the good times betrays our pride. It betrays our arrogance, our self-sufficiency. We need to especially be careful of prayerlessness in the good times. Some of us view prayer like the bat phone. Now, have you ever seen the Batman series from the 1960s? I, of course, was watching reruns, but I did see it. Some of you saw it originally. Uh, There was a bat phone. It was red. It was underneath a glass case that Alfred took care of in the library. And Commissioner Gordon had a direct line to the bat phone. So when things went really south, he would just phone the bat phone. It would would turn red. And it's so weird. He would take the glassing off like it was food or something. And then he would answer the bat phone. But see, Commissioner Gordon could get Batman to come to the rescue when things were bad. And some of us think about prayer that way. It's there if I need it. If I need to pull the trigger, if I need to call Batman, if I need to get God to to fix something, it's there. And that's not only what prayer is. Prayer is for the bad times and the good times. God's calling us to this ongoing commitment to prayer. He's our Father. He wants to talk to us. Okay, so that's the good times. What about the bad times? What about the bad times? Remember Romans 8? We were in Romans 8 just a little while ago. I'm going to flip back there. And I want to remind you of Romans 8. Romans 8. Romans 8 and verse uh, 22 says this. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. All creation is groaning. We feel it, don't we? We feel it. I mean, things that have just happened this last week. One of our families here, the Dykstras, you know, Kelly's mom on vacation in Florida, massive aneurysm, both sides of the head, and, and she's, uh, as far as I know, still w- with us, but she, it's not good. And these things happen like that, and all of a sudden, we realize creation is groaning. Like, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Or your, your child is wayward, rebellious, and you're like, this is not how it's supposed to be, God. I dedicated them. Like they were baptized. I've raised them. What's going on? Creation is groaning. I want you to look at our verse again, Romans 12:12, 12, 12, and I want you to see two other phrases cuz they're not disconnected from prayer. Verse 12, what does it say? Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. We can pray in the bad times. When we're rejoicing in hope and when we're patient in tribulation, these go hand in hand. How can you be patient in tribulation? How can you rejoice in hope or in suffering? Well, this world is fleeting. All the pain will soon be over. The trajectory of Romans, indeed the whole Bible, right, is that this world matters, but the world to come matters even more. That this is a difficult time, yes, but there is a time coming when all pain is gone When all suffering is over, when we stand face to face with our Savior and we're with him. And so as you rejoice in in that hope, that eschatological hope of what is to come, you're able to pray in the bad times. Sin, sickness, and death do not have the final word, right? They don't have the final word. Christ has the final word. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. So see how Romans 8 and all of Romans fits in with this idea. You can pray in the bad times when you understand the hope that we have. Okay, ugly times. There are some times where it's almost impossible to pray. Maybe I could even say it's impossible. It feels like you can't even muster any kind of ability to pray, to form any words. It's it's that kind of ugly time. What do we do? Well, back in 826... Remember what we read. This is the first time that prayer is talked about in Romans. Likewise, the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I love this verse. God is telling us when you can't pray and you can't even mouth the words, all you have to do is groan. The Holy Spirit does the rest. The Holy Spirit is interceding. The Holy Spirit is mouthing words. He's communicating what you're trying to mouth. To the Father, the Holy Spirit is your prayer warrior. We're just a prayer apprentice. So in every season of life, we can pray. God wants to hear our voice. But here's the thing. It's one thing to talk about prayer in here. It's one thing to pray together in here. It's another thing to talk about prayer, doing prayer out there. In the midst of your week, when you're distracted, there's so many things that vie for our attention, right? And I'm I'm talking about family, to job, to the phone, right? I mean, so many things that distract us from prayer. Perhaps like me, you'd say, I'm not sure that I'm honestly devoted to prayer. What do you do? Well, last thing I say here is just take a step. Just take a step. That's all I think God wants you to do today is take a step. He doesn't want you to turn into... um, writing Puritan prayers tomorrow. He wants you to take just one step. So if you don't ever pray with your children before you tuck them into bed, start praying with them. If you don't ever pray around the table before you eat, that's a great rhythm to start. Pray with your family. Husbands, it can be hard to pray with your wife, but God wants you to. God wants you to. You're gonna be tired a lot of times. You're gonna think it's not worth it. She doesn't want me to. Pray with your wife. Just start. Now, today you have an excuse. Tonight you can say, well, I guess Pastor Mark wants us to pray together. You know, Pastor Mark told me to pray with you. Whatever. Like, just just try it. Just try it, okay? For some of us, we uh, need to deepen our prayers. The, the, uh, The Puritans famously said, pray until you pray, meaning sometimes it takes a while to pray until you get to really where you're pouring your heart out. So I'm going to encourage you again, take those slots out there. Take a half an hour slot and just dedicate yourself to praying until you pray. Deepen your prayer. Maybe you prayer is an is a important thing to you. Deepen your prayer. Why should we be devoted to prayer? Because we want to be devoted to God.